You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Friday and the week has almost concluded, so it's time for the weekly wrap with Arnu Smit from Sky Blue Fund Managers. It's been a busy week, Arnu. I want to start with something that I didn't really, because I was travelling, I didn't really cover it as well as I should have done. In fact, probably not at all. And that was the Business Confidence Index, the RMB BER BCI, which came out earlier mm. this week and showed that business confidence in this country in the Republic of South Africa, has plunged to a 20-year low. Now, of course, it can turn around on a data point or a piece of um, uh, political optimism. But on the other hand, 20-year low, it's not great. Yeah, look, it's, it's definitely not great. Um, but I think it's, it's also, you can see it in the amount of share buybacks we've seen on, on the JSE. Um, and it's to a certain extent, it's also, I think it's, it's, it coincides with, with just global pessimism in terms of, of the outlook of the future for various reasons. Um, I, I, you know, and, and, and the local issues just makes it worse. So it does seem as though the, the world is, is expecting a downturn. Um, and in South Africa, we're also expecting a downturn. And yet, then you see Moody's coming out and saying, "Well, there's no uh, downgrade on, on the horizon." So, you know, and and and, it, and it's funny because it, it almost coincides also with the rand strengthening substantially. Um, so, a lot of factors moving, as always, and uh, markets are known to do this type of thing, and that's why they call, I suppose, markets, and that's why we can make money from from markets. If stuff like this doesn't happen, then we we can't really make money out of them. Um, and then you know the, the process NASPERS uh, listing, the process listing, and then unbundling, if you want to call it, from out of NASPERS of process, not really unbundling, yes. it's not the right word. Uh, just call it a split. Um, that also went fairly well, um, actually very well. Um, so you know there, there's lots of positives, but you have this business confidence, and one can understand why business owners and CEOs are concerned. Um, we all know we're not heading in the right direction, it seems. And like I said, you could have seen this just by the share buyback, the the, the sheer amount of, of share buybacks we have on the JSE. It's just alarming because remember that, that that's what companies are telling you. They're telling you, I think my, my share price is cheap, therefore I would buy it back. But the second part of, of that uh, argument is I can't invest it in projects which is going to give me a high return, so I would rather buy back shares with the cash. Um so yes, I think it's 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 definitely uh, we are at a, at a point where confidence is very low, um, and sentiment is also very low. And I think you can see it across asset classes, across markets. It's not only South Africa. I think it, we, uh, this just coincides with the rest of the world, to be honest. Let's just wrap up the economic, the macroeconomic side of things. We had the BCI out, and as I've said, every single category within the Business Confidence Index is mired below the cutoff point of 50. We don't need to go through that. It's a very simple story. It's a sentiment thing, and it can turn very quickly, but it hasn't turned very quickly. We had GDP last week, I think it was, which came off a low base, and we avoided a recession, which is characterized as two quarters in negative territory. We avoided that, but again, it was a, it was the base effect. PMI is still way below uh, 50. Uh, we did have one piece of good news this week, but again, the base effect may have come into play here. We had mining production up for mm. the first time in 2019, and then we go overseas. But the mining production, uh, was that cause for encouragement? Yeah, look at uh, somehow, uh, I suppose it's one positive in the pack of uh, economic data. Um, but, but I mean, what is alarming is if, if you look into that mining production, Gold production has fallen a further by, I think it's now 16% year on year. 
Um, so clearly, South Africa is not the biggest gold producer, not by a long stretch of the imagination like we used to be. Um, but but that's not to say we, we're not a mining country. Uh, clearly, mining is still very important. So the mining production is important. And remember, it's a big job creator. So it, it's important for, for social um, reasons as well, you know, to keep the, the, the people that works on mine at the mines happy. And, and uh, I've just read um, Amku, for example, They've now uh, moved away from, I think, I can't remember what the number was, but some excruciating number in terms of, of uh, wage demands for, for platinum miners. I think it was 40-odd percent or something increases, and it's now they've gone to 1,500 rand per annum for the first three years, um, which is substantially lower than what we were, they were asking. But remember that that's how the union works. That's how the, the whole negotiation process works. If you start up high and then the company says we can't, and then you meet somewhere in the middle. So I think it's worthwhile keeping abreast of staying abreast of, of union or uh, wage negotiations, especially in the platinum sector, if they, they can be resolved quite quickly and without any un, unforeseen, you know, um, very, very bad violence, because uh, I think that's what people are waiting for, then it's, it's a very good sign. Then we're moving somewhere. Um, the other part, which is also interesting, and it's something which I don't think a lot of people has picked up on, is that, uh, remember, uh, we had the there was amendments to the labor laws, and that now a union would have to, as of I think at, at, at the end of this month, or the end, yeah, I think it's the end of this month, they would have to secretly ballot union members before they can go on strike. Now, this is not something we we had in the past, and I think this could also change the the way we move forward. Um, it, it it gives the members more power um, of the union. And it gives the union, I think, less power. Um, so, in essence, if you want to strike, you would have to do a secret ballot in, 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 to, amongst your members. And only if the majority votes for a strike, then you can go and strike. Um, and I know, I, I think it's the um, Mine Workers Union, uh, NUMSA and, and uh, SAFTA, I think, is, is opposing this. Um, they have waited until it, it, it's bound to be implemented before they oppose it. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, like I said, it could actually be a game changer for the whole union landscape, um, something we've discussed at length in previous weekly wraps. <laughs> so, yes, yes, indeed. I've, 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 An enduring story is what you're saying. I mean, this this goes on. It used to be the strike season, and then the strike season extended from two months to the rest of the year, and now it's not haphazard, but it's still a part of our lives. I don't want to talk about the crime statistics because that's sort of is sort of beyond the, the ambit of, of this particular interview so i want to stick to business strictly business uh, and i want to go overseas now when it comes to macro because the ecb i don't know if they surprised us because we know what central bankers are like they're yeah. data driven and suddenly mario draghi just before he retires is saying to himself and saying to his colleagues and saying to the eurozone germany's not doing very well so we've got to do something about this and look at this mm -hmm. qe is now being reinstated Back. and interest rates down again to negative at the ecb mm -hmm. it's quite astonishing mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, look, it's not only the ECB. Um, I think there's probably others which soon to follow. Uh, China is on the, uh, probably on the same path, not exactly the same method, um, but there is a high probability that China would cut rates for the first time in four years. They've already um, cut the the reserve uh, the rates on 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 reserves. Um, so, so clearly, like I said, I think the, the, the world is now expecting weaker economic growth going forward. And uh, the, the ECB is just one, 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 one example of that. Um, Turkey also a 350 basis points cut. 
Um, now, yeah, Turkey is somewhat different to the other side, I suppose, yes. for their own reasons. Um, but the U.S. is probably on the same path. What is funny, and I find this funny, is that, um, well, I should probably say ironic, um, is that, that uh, you know, if everybody's talking about no inflation, and um, the ECB especially, they're saying that inflation, they would have this QE policy in place until inflation hits their target of 2%. Um, China is exactly the same thing. If you strip out the pork prices, which has gone up by 48% or something, um, if you strip that out and you look at the actual um, core inflation, inflation is actually very, very low in China. And that's on the back of a, of a, of a fairly weak yuan um, or renminbi, whichever one you prefer to call it. Um, and and, and so, so inflation is definitely not a problem. Anywhere, well, it seems anywhere in the in, in the world, even in South Africa, we're having low inflation. And remember, we're a small open economy, so if there's any inflation in the world, we're probably the ones who would be affected most. But there's very little inflation, so you have people boosting uh, the economy, global economy, like the likes of the ECB and China and so forth. But in, on, on, on the same basis, you've got the US, which is now the biggest oil producer, and they're pumping out oil like there's no tomorrow. So, so they're actually countering this whole inflationary pressure to try and bring up inflation, to try and protect us from deflation. Um, they're countering it by, by, by having this policy of just uh, pumping oil at, at, at any price, basically. And then they've now overtaken Saudi as the biggest oil producer and I think also the biggest oil exporter, the U.S. So this is also this is a game changer in, in, in the energy market. And I know there was an interview from, I think it was Deputy Minister of, of, of Energy. I can't remember which, which if it was the minister or deputy, in any case, of, from the U.S. And um, they said the policy is they want to have energy domination. Um, this is this is a, a policy that comes straight from Trump. That's something he's actually spoken about himself. And um, so it, their, their focus is to have energy domination, as they call it. And therefore, they would just produce oil at any price as long as they can do it at the lowest price. Oh, actually, the policy is to do it at the lowest price and as clean as possible. Well, I suppose they should add that. Whether they do it, we wouldn't know. Um, but 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 yet you've got this, we need to, to up inflation. But you're not going to up inflation if the oil price is tanking. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very difficult situation and, and you know, one can pump this easy money into the system, but the easy money needs to go somewhere. And you know, I'm just scared that we might be in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an environment where we're creating bubbles, asset bubbles, because we're not seeing the easy money going into inflation. But we've not. seen these bubbles being inflated, being mm. created, and not popping for so many years now. I mean, mm. we're now long mm. in the tooth. Where are we? We're in 2019, so it's been 10, it's now been nearly 10 yeah, and yeah. a half years since the S&P yeah. bottomed at 666. And I look at my S&P 500 futures contract now uh, for the front month, 3,018. 3,018 down from, from a base of 666. Yep. But we keep on talking about it if the share buybacks mm -hmm. sort of start to run out of steam if this if that um it mm -hmm. used to be if interest rates go up but interest rates aren't going up anymore they went up briefly and everyone had a little bit of a wobble but now they're going down again and this is scary stuff the central bankers are just reacting almost like pavlov's dog you know every time they yep. they sniff something they say oh well this is how i behave in other words cut rates and pump money mm -hmm. it's got to be scary in the future hasn't it 
Yeah, look, I agree with that. Obviously, the time frame—that's that—that's the great unknown. Um, and and I, I, I can assure you, if if there's even this mid uh, mid medium term deal that Trump's talking about on on the trade front, if that happens, the market's going to be up again, um, because then confidence is back in, and we've got this easy money pumping in, and you've got no inflation. So that is a, is, is a recipe for for higher prices for for uh, you know risky assets. Um, it has to be like that. Because you can't go to money market because money market is giving you negative yields on on the on the shorter term of the of the curve. You're not getting paid to take any risk, so they're forcing you to take risk in, in riskier assets. When does it end? How does it end? That's the big unknown. Um, I mean, the 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 budget deficit is has again gone up in the U.S. Um, how long can we sustain this? Everybody is now pumping. It seems as or is in preparation of pumping easier money into the system. Um, but, you know, the, the party, whilst, while, whilst the music is on, the party is, is definitely going on. It's when the music stops um, that, that we have a problem. Um, yeah, so time frame, what causes it? I'm just as in the dark as, as, as are you. Um, it's, it's very difficult to call um, as to what would end this. One would have thought it might be this, this trade war, um, but now it seems as though we might have some kind of, you know, agreement between the between the, uh, China and, and the US, um, and we're having them back at the table actually negotiating because I think both of them have now realised that this is not working for their economies, um, and uh, we need to talk. So Trump might call it a medium-term deal, whatever he wants to call it. It's some type of deal, and the market would like that, and the market would say risk back on. So. One can only one can only try and, and find reasons what would cause a meltdown, and the only reason one can think of is probably debt. And we've seen this in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. This time, it could just be different. It could just be a different type of debt. Um, it could be at government level and not in, in the private sector. Um, so th- that's a probability. Um, but you know, as long as there's confidence in the system, as long as everybody believes that central banks are going to pay you back. Um, the whole system works. It's as soon as as people start believing that the central banks might not pay you back, that you've got a problem. So it it could be some some kind of default from some of the European countries, for example, that could uh, actually trigger something like that. Um, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's move on now from the machinations and the mysteries of central bankers and their their movements. And let's move on to corporate news in South Africa, Aspen, Naspers, uh, Process, a few other things coming out. We've done it to death this mm-hmm. week on uh, strictlybusinesspodcast.com, but maybe you could just give us your wisdom, uh, please, and start with Naspers. Yeah, process and Naspers, uh, you know, it was a big, uh, there's a whole, it was obviously all over the news, like you said, and then, I mean, all the newspapers were covering it and all the websites were covering it. And afterwards, you know, if you add the two together, what you got in terms of what you had, you not really, you haven't made a lot of money out of it. Um, and and you, you're still having the same assets, it's just different domicile. Um, I know a lot of the people on are saying, yeah, it's people taking money out of the country and they should stop it. Then that's obviously the, should we call it the left, the populist side of the office of Africa who's making that type of remark. Um, I think that the thing to, to, to realize here is that this is not money that's taken out of South Africa. These are offshore assets that was offshore, that it's now listed offshore. So there's no money being taken out of the country. It's not as though we, but South Africa produced this 
in in South Africa, this is ten cent in all of the offshore entities that's listed offshore. So, look, I think it's probably a good thing for NASPERS, and I think it's they had to do it because that's the only way they could actually reduce the discount. Um, people are scared to invest in NASPERS in South Africa because of the risks, South African risks, and therefore process is a solution for 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 the problem. And um, I've read numerous articles saying that there's a huge demand for process and we haven't really seen it yet, um, although the volumes going through it is, 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 is enormous. Um, we haven't really seen the, the price spiking. But it's a probability it could happen. Um, so so I, I think, you know, a big, big um, thing made of it, but after all the dust settles, it's still debatable whether the value, the, the discount's actually going to be reduced by by the secondary listing or the second listing of process. Um, Aspen for, for me is very interesting, and I mean it's a share that nobody wanted to touch, and all of a sudden the thing flies through the roof. Um, and it's all based on gearing. It's all based on debt, and we've just spoken about debt. Um, it, 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 there, there's no revenue uptick. There's nothing. There's no really good story. The only story on Aspen is just the gearing has been reduced, debt has been reduced substantially, and they are looking to reduce it even more in the future. Okay. So, so it's, a, it's yeah. a good business. And as I've said in previous podcasts this week, it was too high in the 400s, it was too low in the mm-hmm. 60s, exactly. and it's got to find its level. And um, I reckon it's between 120 agree. and 180, something like that. I was going for one, 120 to 150, but now I'm going from 120 to 180. And I think it'll have to find its feet there. It has to make a base. It has to make a foundation. <laughs> it has to regain people's confidence. And the 39 billion debt has got to come down and then they've got to be a little bit more sober with their acquisitions and also grow organically that is my view mm-hmm. but i think one, 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 one i would just like to add to that um and i think if, if you take a uh, step back and you look at the whole market um aspen is up the rand is substantially stronger and this is straight after moody's has said that they're not going to downgrade south africa um so i think there's a there's a uh, there, there's a bit of a foreign flavor to this as well you know it could be a case that foreigners are saying well i didn't want to touch aspen because i was afraid what's going to happen to the rand but now maybe i should actually go and but aspen is still one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world yes um and and you can buy it at, at a rand which is substantially undervalued and um you're buying a company which is probably still undervalued because there's no local demand for it um so you know it's not only about Aspen, that's what I'm saying. I think there's a bit of, of everything in the Aspen story. Um, there's a bit of Rand, there's a bit of Moody's. There's, you know, so we were talking about looking for positivity. There is some signs of positivity, actually, I think, already on the market, if you ask me. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think one should be careful to, to, as always, don't get too negative, but also don't get too positive because we'll get to a stage <laughs> such where a there's no don't get too euphoria. negative, don't get too positive. In other words, sit on the fence. That's what you're saying. Yeah, take your profits. Eh? Don't, don't get married to your investments. <laughs> exactly. Don't fall in love with them. Oni Smith, thank you very exactly. much for your insight, as always. Oni Smith is from Sky Blue Fund Managers, based in the Western Cape. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.